And I remember even the first time that I met Adam Silver, he knew all about everything that I was doing. If he remembers somebody as small as me, he's tapped into every little corner of what's going on in the NBA. What's up, you guys? I'm Rachel Demita, and welcome to Courtside Club. Each week, we give you the courtside view of what's going on in the world of sports and entertainment. Today, we have a super exciting show. We're going to be talking about why Mr. Beast is getting canceled again, a former NBA player leaving his wife after he found her OnlyFans, ranking the in-season tournament courts. I know you guys have seen those all over social media, and why Kim Kardashian is officially joining the NBA. So let's jump into the first half. All right, first up, you guys, Kim Kardashian's underwear line Skims is now the official partner of the NBA. I'm sure that you guys all saw the photos of Kim Kardashian with Adam Silver shaking hands, holding an NBA ball. It's the collaboration that we never expected. And in my personal opinion, the collaboration that we never knew that we needed. I'm not the biggest fan of the Kardashian empire and some of the things that their family represents in general, but I will say Skims is a damn good brand. And I've tried a lot of their pieces. Not only does she make underwear and shapewear, but she also has tank tops and dresses. And she did a really, really, really fantastic job with it. All of the pieces are super comfortable and she just knows what she's doing. And so to come out with a men's line and partner with the NBA, I feel like is brilliant. Adam Silver is also brilliant. He knows exactly what he's doing. He knows the Kim Kardashian fan base. He knows that those are going to be new eyeballs coming to the NBA. Her demo is, you know, not only the entertainment pop culture side of things, and she has a lot of guys following her, obviously, because they think that she's beautiful, but she has a lot of women who just love Kim Kardashian. And for Adam Silver, that's new eyeballs on the NBA. There was this other funny video, I don't know if you guys saw it, where he was getting out of a taxi, Adam Silver was getting out of a taxi, and paparazzi came up to him and asked him, you know, about the new collaboration and if he likes skims. And he was like, I'm actually wearing a pair right now, like 10 for 10 recommend. And he's all about the collaboration. He said sleepwear is next. Adam Silver is, he knows everything that's going on when it comes to NBA from top down. And I remember even the first time that I met Adam Silver was probably like five years ago. He knew all about everything that I was doing and came up to me and said, I love what you're posting on social media. I love what you're doing for 2K. Like you did a great job with this interview. Like he watches everything. I believe he still follows me on Instagram. And then I saw him a couple years ago at All-Star and I was uh, sitting around the same area as him as one of these games. And again, like remembered my face. And to, to me, that's what's mind blowing is because I feel like I'm such a small component of this. And so for him to remember what I'm doing, he also like gave me his business card and email and phone number that day and said, anything you need, like, you know, feel free to reach out. Like if he remembers somebody as small as me, he's tapped into every little corner of what's going on in the NBA. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like his brain is always going is like, how can we capitalize on everything that's in this NBA landscape? And then he's also, you know, seeing what else is going on. So that's why I think he definitely was wearing skims because he's going to 
promote the shit out of whatever they're doing. I wanted to hate the brand until I tried it. I was like, oh, this is a fantastic product. I'm really I'm into sure it. Good. I'm sure it's good. Great there, job. There's also, yeah. send, send, shout out, shout out Skims. Send us a care package for the pod. Honestly. <laughs> That's true. I, guess I already cool. have a bunch of their stuff. We'll take it. Super we'll take into it. it. Next up, Flavor Flav. So Flavor Flav sang the national anthem at the Bucks game recently. And I'm a 90s kid. Uh, and I remember watching Flavor Flav and the Flavor of Love reality show, I believe in the early 2000s. And I don't know if you guys want to watch this video. Let's maybe let's maybe watch a snippet of it. Oh, say does that star spangle Honest, I like. I know we're like grinning from ear to ear, laughing, but I totally loved this. I was so for it. He, Flav, Flav, first of all, is not known as a vocalist. He was a rapper, from my understanding, and like I said, I pretty much only knew him from a reality show. But it seemed like he put his absolute all into this. He probably practiced this a lot. He gave us a little um, improv ending his own little flavor to it, pun intended. I thought it was super cute, and I truly you know, enjoyed it. You know it. what I got from that? He loves what? America. He loves America. Yeah. This country, this country <laughs> he is divided. He had the flag on his mic. This country is yeah. divided, and Flavor Flav is going to bring us closer. That was real. Like it, yeah. fe it felt super genuine. Also, let me just point out, I, I do want to give Flav his love. Like I think a lot of people don't realize like who, what Flavor Flav actually is. Cause it's true, he's not a singer, nor is he really a rapper, right? Like back in the public enemy days, he was just like the hype man, right? He was the hype yeah, man for, true, for true, Chuck true. D or whatever. But like what like, you know, I'll, I guess I'll date myself, but like what like, you know, older hip hop fans know is that Flavor Flav is a super talented musician. He plays like 15 instruments, like look up videos of him playing the guitar, playing the piano, like he's like a very talented instrumentalist and he was he was the producer he was writing like he there's a reason why public enemy like had flavor flavor in it like he wasn't just there to wear the clock you know like he was yeah he played a big role in the music and he is a musically talented dude i think because of how he talks and how he looks like sometimes people just don't give him that respect and yeah but i think he he sang it beautifully that it's the national anthem it's a different kind of song it's more about like the the spirit right and i think he had a lot of spirit I'm I'm pro anything flavor does. So so I'm He's I'm cool also with it. he's 64 years old. Like he's 64 yeah, yeah, yeah. still making himself relevant again in 2023. He's been in the industry for like over 40 years. Been making yeah. music for 40 years. But why I, he's I all, say, why why Milwaukee? Why did they It's random. 
He, he for, for some reason, I'm seeing him more and more often. Like, he was recently also at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and he was completely decked out in a Taylor Swift 1989 outfit, like the 1989 cardigan, and sharing his love for Taylor Swift. He went to multiple of her concerts and just wow. talked about her music and how much he appreciated her. So, I don't know. I, I think a lot of people were comparing this to Fergie's rendition of... The national anthem, if you guys remember a few years back when, when she sang the national anthem at the All-Star Game, and there's you see all the reactions from the players who were kind of laughing and trying to hold it together. And this one, to me, felt so different because... Super different. Fergie is a vocalist. like She has great vocals. We just didn't understand what she was doing because it was almost like she was trying to seduce people with her. <laughs> her rendition of the song like she kind of just like made it a sexy version of the national anthem and and hit these like weird notes he's not a singer and he gave it his all and i'm here for it and i might have been smiling and laughing but i like it next up the in-season tournament has started we talked about it a little bit last week but one of the new things with the nba in-season tournament is their brand new courts that they are revealing and we saw a lot of them going around social media and there's a lot of memes that are coming out of it because these courts are for better or worse very bright <laughs> they are super cool and we We've seen photos of them, but when you actually get them on television, a lot of times you're watching it like this because, to be fair, I watched one of the games, the uh, Nets versus the Bulls, and I felt like I was going to have a seizure watching it. It was just the the bright red court with the different color jerseys and the guys running. I don't, it's, it's very hard to take in. But for this segment, I wanted to rank our favorite courts and take a look at all of them. So we're going to put all the courts – on screen right now so you guys can check them out i think overall the idea of it was great i'm not sure if the nba realized how they would translate on television but i'm going to show you guys my top five favorite courts and you let me know what you think so number five i want to put okc in there it's the brightest court that i picked in my top five it has the the signature OKC blue we did see it in their in-season tournament game last week it was a little crazy but I feel like I I liked how it just kind of stuck to the OKC tradition and we just all know that blue so my number four court is the Atlanta Hawks court I love the Atlanta Hawks court I like the baby blue the black and the gold I think it's a really good color combo it's not the traditional red and yellow that we're used to seeing with the Hawks so I'm also interested to see how that one translates my number three pick which is a little bit more of a muted court is the memphis grizzlies court i thought this one was super sleek it's a gray court with gold and black i like how it ties into the trophy one thing with a gray court that we've also seen with like the brooklyn nets court when they do that kind of whitewash grayish court it sometimes looks weird it almost looks like it's being filmed in black and white and like the players are the only color things on the court and we saw a little bit of that last season so i'm wondering if it's going to kind of give that same effect but overall from the photos i thought it was a really cool and sleek looking court my number two court is my home team cleveland Cavs. so what i like about this court is kind of the the gold court and i feel like that's 
close-ish to the regular like wood that we get on the court and I just like how it's simple I like the the gold and the maroon kind of reddish color one thing that's really cool is that I will be traveling to the in-season tournament game at home in Cleveland on November 28th and I'm hoping to get some vlog footage for you guys while I'm there so I will be able to actually check out that court in person be standing on it see it take photos video so I will give you guys the full update on how the court looks and how the team looks when I'm there on November 28th covering that game my number one court which no way ties into how good I think the team is, is the Charlotte Hornets court. So I love the color scheme here. I like how the blue is a little bit more muted. It's not as bright as like the Oklahoma. I just think overall it looks pretty neat. I love how the gold trophy ties into the paint on either side. And I like the light blue and the dark blue. I just think it's pretty cool. And it says the hive is alive. So I don't really know much about Charlotte, the basketball team. And I know that they're you know, maybe not going to have the greatest season, but their court looks cool. So let me know in the comments which court you guys like the best and also your predictions on which team is going to win this year's in-season tournament. The next story I wasn't really sure if I wanted to even chat about, but it is going all is making its rounds around social media right now. And it is something that I have talked about before on my TikTok. But Marcus Jordan, the son of the great Michael Jordan, recently said that he wants his dad, Michael Jordan, to be his best man at his wedding to Larsa Pippen. If you guys aren't familiar, Larsa Pippen is the former wife of the great Scottie Pippen, who is Michael Jordan's former teammate. This relationship to me at face value is bizarre, to say the very least. And I want to make it clear that I don't, I don't blame Michael, I don't blame Scotty. I don't even blame Marcus at this point. I think it's bizarre that a 49-year-old woman, first of all, wants to date somebody who is in any way, shape, or form has been a part of her ex-husband's life that she had kids with. I think that there are there are 8 billion people, like we always want to talk about. There are 8 billion people in the world. Choosing your ex-husband's former teammate's son, who was 17 years younger than you, as your life partner, is bizarre, to say the very least. Maybe downright wrong, in my opinion. But hey, they say love is love, and that's what they... They don't care what other people think. But I think the reason that we can talk about these kind of things and why so many people in the media and, and podcasts are talking about their relationship is because they continue to share about it. They post all the time on social media. They have a new podcast together where her and Marcus are constantly talking about their relationship and talking about Michael Jordan where I doubt that he wants anything to do with this. He's retired. He seems like a very private man. He's running his Jordan brand. He's on a boat. He's smoking cigars and he's chilling. We don't see Michael Jordan. So the fact that we are now talking about him because of his son's relationship sucks to me. The fact that we're talking about Scottie Pippen when we, we don't talk about Scottie unless we're talking about him playing with the Bulls winning championships. And now we're talking about him because of his ex-wife's relationship that is 
at minimal bizarre. It's weird. I also, for me, me as a woman in her 30s, if there's any kid that I know now, because if you take a 17-year age gap, for me, that would be a kid in middle school or high school that I knew now. I couldn't even fathom dating them when they were an adult. Just for the pure fact alone that I saw what they looked like when they were a kid. And so that is the part that always just ceases to amaze me is that, okay, she claims that she wasn't around Marcus when he was a kid. We don't know if that's true or not. But you knew about him. You knew about Michael Jordan's sons. If you're an NBA wife and you said you and Scotty were inseparable and you were at every game, you're around the other wives' kids. Or you at least know about them. I just don't know how your brain compartmentalizes where, oh, I knew this kid as, I knew this person as a kid, but now 20 years later, I want to marry him? It's weird to me. <laughs> Again, this is my opinion, but the people that she dated before dating Marcus were all young NBA players, like all early 30s, late 20s NBA players. Her, her son, Scottie Pippen Jr., was in the NBA for a while. Her son, Scottie Pippen Jr., played on a team with Malik Beasley, who she dated. That would be hard as a kid. And I'm not a mom, but I think maybe you think about your kids before you think about your new relationship and how that would maybe affect them. You can only imagine how that would feel if you're playing on a basketball team with a person that your mom's sleeping with who's around the same age as you. The whole thing is a little bizarre. I just want to put good vibes out to everybody in that situation, and I hope it resolves itself. She uh, follows the whims of her heart, and some people are like that, you know? If, that if, that's, what we, if that's what we think it's about. Jordan's <laughs> like, no, I'm not commenting on this. I'm not commenting on this, but it's... You said it, you said it best, Rachel. It is... It's, it's, it's a little bizarre. It's bananas. I, yeah. I got no, no comment. Yeah. Uh, I wish them all the best, uh, honestly, across the board. And I hope it pans out in a way that nobody outside of their relationship is that hurt over it. But I can't imagine that hasn't already happened. Anyway, uh, step into a world of natural wellness. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. When you're feeling down, you know what you need? Some herbal tea. Anyway. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, if you need to calm down from some of these uh, sticky topics of conversation, then you might as well have some Mobby tea. Step into a world of natural wellness and Caribbean flavors with Mobby Artisanal Tea, the embodiment of plant power and hydration. Take a sip, join the movement, and embrace a healthier you. Visit MobbyTea.com or your local Sprouts Farmer's Market now to experience the taste of the Caribbean and every revitalizing blend. I love Mobby Tea. You guys have seen it on the show before. It is super hydrating. It feels healthy without that bitterness taste that you get from a lot of other health teas. It has the perfect amount of sweetness, and I'm totally into it. Check it out now. So for this week's halftime game, we have another one of our courtside traditions, a quick game of Would You Rather. Here we go. Would you rather hold the record for most points scored in a career? or most championships won? 
I think I'm going to take most points scored because this is the example, right? We talk a lot about Kareem and LeBron, and we always forget about Bill Russell, even in GOAT debates. Like, Bill Russell is nowhere to be found, and he has 11 rings. So does Robert so, Oh, yeah, he is. He is like he has eight. I think oh, he has eight. Okay. But you're right. We we don't we don't talk about them very often. So as much as everybody, when they get down to the goat debate between MJ and LeBron, they want to say, well, you know, Mike has six. LeBron has four, which which makes Mike clear. But then when, when it really gets down to it, we don't talk about that much. So I'm going to go for mo most points scored. In my selfish opinion. Would you rather be in jail for five years or be in a coma for a decade? Whew. Put me in a coma. <laughs> I can't. I think one of my I think one of my biggest fears in life is is being wrongfully convicted of something and going to jail. I don't think I would survive. I don't think I would be cut out for jail. Like I'm a big baby. I think they would see me as being weak. I'm not a fighter. I can't fight back. I don't know how to do any of that. In jail, you know. So there's that. Yeah, if I'm better at basketball, it makes you a target. You know, you're like the best one. People are gonna come after you. Yeah, I don't think I don't think I would do well in jail at all. So you would just have to but, be somebody's girlfriend immediately. Yeah, that's the move for protection. <laughs> she speaks <less. laughs> Knock me out. I'll just take a nice long 10-year nap. <laughs> yep. Nah. <laughs> okay. This next one. Uh, spend a week in the forest or a night in a real haunted house. This one is tough. I love scary movies and I love the the shows that are even about haunted houses where people actually go in. I'm not sure how I'd react though if I were actually in one. I'm I'm really bad with bugs though. So what do I get in the forest? Do I get like a tent and a whole setup? You know, put me in the haunted house. That's fine. Most people don't really die in haunted houses. What's the, I guess the worst that could happen is maybe you get possessed, which is pretty bad. But put, put me in a haunted house for a night. Maybe I have some good stories to tell. I'll bring my holy water, your, my holy water, my garlic, my little son sonograph thing or whatever. I'll bring all the lights. I'll have like a million candles and flashlights. So I'll just light up the whole place because nothing really comes out unless it's dark. One night in a haunted house, that's fine. Would you rather lose your long-term memory or lose your short-term memory? This one's really hard and also will probably make me sad because it's like, if you think about losing your long-term memory, you you know, memories from childhood, loved ones that you've lost, pets that you've lost, just places that you've been. Like that just seems so sad to lose all those things. Short-term memory loss would make your life truly difficult and possibly dangerous also. If you get lost somewhere and you can't find your way back, that sort of thing. But I don't know the, my soul is saying to lose my short-term memory and just being that a really annoying friend who just forgets to to meet you at lunch when she said she was going to meet you there because i have just so many fantastic memories in my past that i would just have so much trouble parting with all right you guys it's time for the second half all right you guys this week on our spill the tea segment presented by mobby mr beast is getting canceled again i feel like he's been canceled about three times this week 
Firstly, for cutting down a fellow YouTuber's appearance in his creator's game video, he was also canceled for building 100 wells in Africa and creating running water for them. And lastly, he was canceled for his dating preferences because he said that he wants to date an intellectual girl. I wanted to chat with you guys about this because I, for one, am a Mr. Beast stan. I think what he is doing for the world is fantastic. And I think it's wild that he gets as much hate as he does. We have never had a YouTuber like him who makes so much money, gets so many views, has hundreds of millions of subscribers coming back to his channel every single week to see his videos, doing so much good to the world. A lot of the money that he makes, he gives back and get this much hate. The man literally doesn't curse in his videos. They're kid friendly. They are brand friendly. And the man gets a ton of hate. Mobby tea is delicious, by the way. But I want to read some of these comments about Mr. Beast, specifically about his most recent video where he built 100 wells. Well, the, the video was titled Building 100 Wells in Africa. But what he really did is he went over to different countries in Africa to where there were villages that were underprivileged and had a tough time getting clean drinking water and clean water to, to, to do anything. Think of what you guys have in your home, the many of bathrooms and kitchen sinks that you have that have clean running water so you can do your dishes, you can wash your clothes, you can drink water. These are things that I think a lot of Americans take for granted. I know I do. I don't even think anything about it until my water goes out one day and I don't know what to do. There are people literally living without this. And he went over and helped to, to build these water systems to where these villages had access to water. There was a tweet that went out that said, whoever is the first to successfully articulate why the Mr. Beast vibe is off gets a million likes. Someone wrote, it's the uncanny valley. He gives away money, is family friendly, and has no scandals. Yet when you watch the videos, his eyes are dead and you feel insecurity in his voice. Is he just awkward or something more sinister? You cannot identify if he is a threat. It is uncanny. True generosity and kindness are not performative art. Mr. Beast is a company and people forget that. The content is nothing more than a marketing tool like leveraging the social value of appearing virtuous. The principal actor is just that, the public face for a product line. I think it's wild for people to, to see all the good that he's doing and then just say, oh, well, he should be canceled because his vibe is off. Oh, there's just something wrong with him. Maybe he's nice, or maybe there's something more sinister going on. Like, are we really putting on tinfoil hats for everything? Anything that's good, there has to be something nefarious under the surface that we're not seeing. Like, have we really become a world where everything has to be questioned? I'm all about healthy debate, but when you actively see him putting smiles on people's faces over and over and over again, using his money to do good, and we're always getting on celebrities who have billions of dollars, and we're getting on them for flying around in their private jets and not using their money for good, or having a platform and not using it correctly, or not being a good role model, and then we actually have somebody doing it, and then we get angry with them. I just think, like, how miserable do you have to be to be mad at him for that? 
And I also just want to go over some of the things that Mr. Beast has done in less than a month to to help other people. So firstly, he he did build those 100 wells or create running water in 100 different places in Africa. He gave a trick-or-treater a new home. So he bought a new home and then one lucky trick-or-treater who came to the door, he gave them keys to a new house. And then the parents came in, the kid came in, he showed them their brand new home. He gave a trick-or-treater a new car also. He gave this little kid a new car and you saw his family there and they were all visibly so excited to drive away in a new car that they would have never expected. They never knew they were going to run into Mr. Beast that night. He gave a pizza delivery driver a new car. He gave away $250,000 in this laser competition where people basically had to like climb through these lasers and get to the end. And whoever got to the end won $250,000. It was life-changing. The girl was crying. Probably a lot more that I'm missing. But from my surface level research, that's all that he's done in the past month. And I just have an issue. I have an issue with people having issues with him. You could look at the facts. Like there's some there's there are people in a town who were suffering from not having access to clean water. There are some actual human beings out there who now have access to clean water whose life is better. Right? That's just a fact. He helped those people. That right. that person who was helped in that way is happy. Is happier now drinking water, right? So that's just that's a fact. It is what it is. Now like the the extent to which there's a performative element to it like that's just in my mind that just comes with the territory like yes there is but also it's only possible because of the performance and because ha the views generate the money that allows for the for the charity to happen right so it's kind of like yeah there's there's that balance i also do think there's an element of like there's a jealousy element right where like people look at it and it's like Sure, I I would I would do that too if I had a billion dollars. And <laughs> yeah. so like fundamentally there's like something coming from the like inequality that exists in the world and that makes people feel a certain way. And then so they kind of like because they feel weird about it, they then want to tear down the other person. So I think like in my, in my mind at least like the way I would try to address something like, like this is just like generally in a big picture sense, do I think that he's malintentioned or do I think that like fundamentally he does care about helping people um and I, probably probably he does right like I, I don't think he's a bad dude um so like even if things aren't perfect even if things are complicated because of like geopolitics and and like the way the world ended up like that's not mr b's fault right so yeah yeah generally i i try not to hate we should be encouraging people to do good deeds right and and i think if, if, I if he puts up a video and it, it, you know, one, two, a hundred people decide to go do something good as a result of what he's already done, um, then it's a win-win. Something that we, we didn't touch on is a lot of these charity, like if you, if you were to start any charity, the thing that charities need is money. Mr. Beast have, has effectively figured out a system to where he doesn't have to ask anybody for money. All he does is put out content, you watch it, and that's his money. Sponsors come on and that's the money that he gets and then he's able to give back. A lot of charities have to have events or ask rich people for money or donations, volunteers, all this stuff. He doesn't have to ask anybody for anything. It's his content that he knows does well and that's what gets the view and views and puts the money back in and then he's able to kind of shovel it out. I think what he's doing is awesome. He also... He's not wearing like super flashy jewelry and he's not driving around his own Lamborghinis or showing his 
private jet that he in flashing all of his like super expensive things. He seems like a regular guy who wears regular clothes, lives a simple life and then gives back. So I personally don't think it's performative. I think it's awesome. And, and I'm glad that Mr. Beast is at the top and I hope the hate doesn't get to him. Drink Mobby. Don't hate. Just <laughs> yeah. drink Mobby. That's true. Relax. <laughs> So another sticky story that has been going around the internet, ex-NBA player Joe Smith left his wife after he found her OnlyFans account that she claims that she started up because the couple was financially struggling and she used to be in the adult film industry in the past. And so she kind of brought back that work so she could make more money for them. She also put her husband on blast. She did an interview with TMZ and also went on The Breakfast Club and said that Joe's been struggling and he's had depression and he doesn't do well with his finances. And that's why, and she's, she's expressed all of these issues with him. That's why she needed to start an OnlyFans account. And then obviously he was blindsided by it because he didn't know that she was going to do that. And from his understanding, when they did get married, she said that she was going to leave her past of, of doing this kind of work in the past and move on from that. So obviously you can see why he would be shocked. And she filmed this whole interaction between them when he discovered her OnlyFans account and she posted it online. So the only reason anyone's talking about it is because she decided to post their personal business on the internet, which to me, I think is the, the biggest issue in all of this. I don't know why she would put out that information or put her husband on blast for having depression, having financial issues. These are things we don't need to know about. I don't think anybody has been thinking about Joe Smith. He had a long career in the NBA, was the number one draft pick. But in 2023, we're not thinking about him. The only reason we're thinking about him now is because of what's going on in his personal married life. I don't want to get too much into it. A lot of other people are commenting about it, but I think it does bring up an interesting conversation on, do you think it's okay for a woman or a man to have an OnlyFans account if you're in a marriage? Not without telling your spouse. Like, doing it secretly, is to me, is the issue, obviously. Yeah, I mean, it's... I mean. It's nuts, but I also think that like a part of this whole um, media blitz that she's doing is probably just increasing the views and revenue on her OnlyFans. That's true. Well, I, I I think absolutely. I think you're spot on that she she it's it seems like for, I've seen I've watched both of their interviews. She did an interview, and Joe also did an interview. I also think it's bizarre that they're both doing separate interviews and not speaking to one another. I I don't know, not the way I would handle things, but. Her interview, she was kind of very confident and uh, pinning a lot of blame on him. His interview, he actually looked quite sad and and really taken aback from this. So for, from his standpoint, I don't think this is publicity. I also think that he was trying to live a private life that is now public, unfortunately. But I, I think the greater issue for me is I, I think it's sad as a society how normalized OnlyFans has become and how much it is messing up relationships and also messing up specifically younger women's future. Because I know we hear a lot about how OnlyFans, you, you can make a million dollars a year or more. You hear Karina Kampf saying she makes like $8 million a month on her OnlyFans. Well, for every Karina Kampf, there is 10,000 other young women who are making $5 a month on their OnlyFans, but are still exposing just as much as she is basically exposing their body for money. If you, you can't sit here and tell me that that's not going to have some sort of negative effect on you 
in the future. I also don't think OnlyFans is something that's a sustainable career choice. Maybe you can do it for a few years when you're younger, but a lot of these girls who also have retired from OnlyFans or retired from some of these businesses have come out and said that their fans kept demanding more, asking for more. At first it was just, you know, maybe lingerie, and then it just kept getting steeper and steeper, and the people would unsubscribe if they weren't getting the next more revealing thing. And to me, I think it's I think it's sad that that's how she feels she needs to make income, and that's become that accessible. Because whether their marriage works out or not, I wish the best for both of them, um, this is a stain that's going to hurt. This is something that's that's going to hurt the both of them moving forward. To me, social media, OnlyFans, porn, all of the things are not affecting our society in the greatest way. I also have empathy for people who turn to some of those outlets for work because it's also like one of the toughest economies to survive in. And I hate that some people think that that's the only that's the only way or that is one of your outlets to do it. Speaking of social media, we have a social media war going on right now between Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk. It is Facebook and Instagram versus X. They were going to have a fight that's that was reportedly going to be at the Coliseum. The Coliseum, they are going to do a UFC fight that both of these men have been training for, but it looks like Zuck has torn his ACL and he will have to postpone the fight. This war has been going on back and forth between these two guys. They don't seem to like each other. To me, they both seem like nerdy, close to alien humans living on Earth. (laughs) Very smart, very wealthy. Two aliens going in a fight. I was looking forward to seeing it. Um, But Elon's coming out and basically saying that Zuck is scared to fight him. And this was even pre-injury, said that he wouldn't agree to some of the terms that Elon had. But then there's also some debate because Elon is saying, I'll fight you anywhere at any time. But then he's making all of these parameters that he needs to fight under. So it kind of looks like Elon's ducking him a little bit. If you look at both of them as like physical specimens, it looks like Zuckerberg is more fit than Elon is. We've all seen the photos of Elon on a yacht. I don't know how this fight would turn out. But um, I think it's interesting. Who would you guys pick in a, to win? Zuck, Zuck got scared. Zuck for obviously. sure. <laughs> Zuck. Zuck. He, he's scared of Elon. He knows that Elon probably has like robot implants. He's got the neural link and so he can see your punches uh-huh. coming. Zuck. He's got, you know. Mm-hmm. Also, to, I'm, look, I'm not an Elon Musk fanboy. But what were we just talking about? We were talking about how Facebook, Instagram, all the social media is evil and horrible for people. Meanwhile, what's, what's Elon doing? building solar car electric cars and like trying to get us to mars like if i had to choose one sounds yeah. better than the other you know i she team, didn't, team she, elon she didn't ask she didn't ask any of that she asked who would win who would win well um <laughs> honestly so the answer's up i don't we, we here's the it's just the elon is bigger elon's substantially bigger he's like 40 pounds heavier the problem is that he's also like almost 20 years older and, and doesn't and Zuck, train. Zuck trains jujitsu. Yeah. The, what are we but my about? one thing against Elon. Well, Zuck was with Adesanya training, supposedly. Oh, was he really? Pretty big. Yeah. There's that um, photo of him with Adesanya and an, and another pro MMA okay. fighter. So yeah, they're all shirtless, but, like jacked. I still wanted to have in the Coliseum. It would break the internet. It would it would break everything. I would absolutely be tuned in. 
But yeah, physically, Zuck seems light years ahead. No pun intended. All right, okay. now it's time for some buzzer beaters. Okay. Speaking of uh, Elon versus Zuck, we got some celebrity, hypothetical celebrity matchups, and you got to pick the winners, all right? Michael Jordan versus Steph Curry, 18 holes of mini golf. I'm going to go with Jordan because I think no one is as competitive as Jordan. And even though Steph Curry had that mini golf show, the trash talk, the the competitive nature, you can't you can't bet against MJ pretty much across the board. All right, next one. Simone Biles versus Candace Parker in sumo wrestling. Well, if it's sumo, are, you, are we putting them in suits? Those like sumo suits? Yeah, whatever we the have to. female version of the sumo suit is, yeah. If we're putting them in the suits, as much as I think Simone Biles is one of the top 10 athletes in the entire world, Candace Parker is over six feet tall. Candace She's has got four. it. Simone, yeah, 6'4". Simone is tiny. I'm going to take Candace in that one. All right, last one. Joe Biden versus Donald Trump in a rap battle. First of all, I would pay for that. I would absolutely pay for that. Because you would have one that would be like Twista kind of mumble rapping. You wouldn't be able to understand anything he's saying in Joe Biden. I'm not sure if he would even be saying actual words. It would just be this nonsense of flow mumble. And then I feel like Trump has some bars. Like some of the things that he's said have been pretty, pretty funny. So... It's very, it's two different styles here. And, and Trump would also come for your throat, I feel like. I would maybe go with Trump. With that, you guys, that's all we have for this week's episode of Courtside Club. Make sure that you subscribe, ring the bell. Also check out the audio version on Spotify, Apple, or whatever, wherever you listen to your podcast. Let us know in the comments your favorite part of this week's episode. And if you have any thoughts on any of the topics that we chatted about today, Hope you enjoyed this episode and we will see you next Tuesday.